Hello and welcome to another episode of Brothers Creed Podcast. We talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers. I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we are going to be talking about when to ask for help or when to hire someone for their help versus when to figure it out or to do it on your own. This is kind of a, a, a question that we have at least that I face every day. Is this something that I can do by myself or is this something I need help with? And this can be either in the professional world, in your job. It can be at home. It can be, um, you know, uh, different tasks that you don't want to specifically do or maybe that you don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can even be personally with uh, uh, how you're, you're feeling and, and your your mental well-being. Yeah. So this could be a really good episode as we as we dig in. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Spartans, what is your profession? Any man who must say I am the king is no true king. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare. If I can change and you can change, everybody can change. Let us all unite! Let us fight for a new world! A decent world! So this topic is is so diverse. We could talk so many aspects of this. Um, One of the things that, uh, well, quotes I I first thought of when we were talking about doing it yourself versus maybe figuring it out uh, was there's a Richard Branson quote that says, if somebody offers you an amazing opportunity, but you're not sure you can do it, say yes, then learn how to do it later. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, that's that's true. You can always learn. I, I've I've given that career advice uh, to several young folks uh, in the data analytics realm. It's it seems like every every any company you go to, they're going to have a different technical stack. You know, they're going to have oh, we use ad, we use AWS or we use you know, this type of SQL or we use this other type of, um, you know, coding language or we use SAS or R or Python or all these different things and and everybody has their own tilt. So I'm like, you know what? Just tell them you know it and then before you get the job, learn it, you know, Uh, or at least get get exposure to all these things and then you're like, yeah, I know these things and then you'll kind of gravitate towards whatever they do, you know? And so... Well, a lot of times... A lot of times, too, the expectation isn't that you're going to know everything right off the bat when you get a new job. Yeah. You know, that's why they have a whole most jobs when you're in the professional space, you you have a whole slew of a kind of a, you know, a 30, 60, 90 day training program that you have to go through to learn how things are done, learn yeah. their platforms, learn their whatever. If you have a solid base, then it obviously makes it a, a easier for sure. Yeah, totally. One of the, but I think it's so important to like not be afraid to to learn uh, and try new things. Uh, and this is kind of goes to the di like figuring it out on your own part. Uh, there was recently yeah. a, a thing with HBO uh, where they they had an intern that sent out a bunch of emails to the wrong people, uh, and it was just a disaster. And they like. Everybody was like, "What's going on?" You know, and on their Twitter, they're like, "Sorry about the email to everybody. 
it was the intern. You guys were right. Like <laughs> we're working with them to, 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 to not do that next time. And so it's kind of like, and people really responded really positively to that because, you know, people got to learn. You got to learn somehow. Uh, someone did that when I was at Goldman. Uh, it, it was pretty it was intern. He, uh, I was working in the asset management division and we had a bunch of these third party uh, asset managers that we would work with. And he was working on doing some type of automated email thing where it would go out to all these, a message would go out to all of our third party money managers. Uh, and, you know, we wouldn't have to send one by one to hundreds of different managers. And so he was working on this thing. And instead of putting all of the emails in the, the blind copy line where they can't see who else is going to it, he just puts everybody in the CC line. Uh, so all those managers can see who all of the other managers are. Uh, and that's, you know, you don't want that. Uh, and they sent out an email and it went out to everybody and he's like, uh, tried to retract as much as he could, but a lot of people had already opened it. And he was like, Oh my gosh, they're not going to hire me. They're not going to extend me the offer. And I think they actually did extend him the offer, but he was like super stressed and just like so devastated. You know, we were like, it's okay. You know, <laughs> he was like, yeah. dude, you, you did what? And he's like, I know, man. He was just <laughs> absolutely heartbroken. <laughs> Well, it, it's kind of interesting because when I was thinking about this, you know, when to ask for help versus when you need to figure it out on your own, I kind of broke it into two specific areas. One area was professionally, like at work in my job, and then the other one was personally, so at home and with, uh, you know, personally in my mind and and with everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's really interesting because I think as a whole, um, there's this stigma sometimes about ask, around asking for help, especially at work. Let's talk about work first for me, that it's almost associated with asking for help as like incompetence. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it is a fine line. It's a really fine line, I feel like. That, you know, there are some things that if you ask for help, it's like, dude, really? You know, or if you're asking the same question over and over and over again after you've received the answers, that that's kind of like, okay, something's not sitting, sinking in, something's not sitting right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, go ahead. No, I was just briefly, that people being afraid to ask questions is, I think, something that really it's so prevalent in the corporate realm and I, I think that I don't really have a personality to where I, I'm like really bashful to ask questions because I feel like the questions that I ask are good questions uh, a lot of times people will be like oh yeah I understand I understand oh yeah yeah and then I'll ask them after the meeting hey did you understand what he was talking about no nope, didn't understand anything <laughs> and so it's like if I have a question or if something is confusing in my mind I'm confident enough at this point, uh, and I guess it depends on how long you've been in a job, to be like, hey, what's this? Or why do we do things this way? Uh, and then a lot of times people are like, thank you for asking that question because I had no idea either. Uh, so sometimes yeah. if you're well, thinking a question, you should just ask it. <laughs> well, and I think too, it's like maybe you're given a task or project with no direction, yeah. right? Or you're given a project to complete on a very short timeline or short period of time with 
with no support, or maybe you're constantly working overtime or weekends and, and you can't keep up with the pace of work that's, that's going on and you're being efficient doing that. You're not just wasting time. And so you have to work overtime, you know, or maybe you're confused about what your priorities should be in a specific role, right? These are all situations that, yeah, maybe you should ask for help because you're just wasting time. Yeah. It reminded me, I, I saw this, uh, this, this cartoon, uh, one time and I actually looked it up because it was kind of it's kind of funny but it's these uh these two cartoon people and one is like the uh the manager and one is the associate and the associate comes to the manager and says uh can you help me with this I have a couple questions and then the manager tells the associate well try go and try to figure it out on your own before you come and ask me for help and then it says one day later and it has the manager looking at a computer and they're like, you wasted so much. And, and the manager says, you wasted so much time on this. Why didn't you just come and ask me for help if you were stuck? <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then it's just like facepalm, you know, the, the, the associate. Yeah. And so it, it's just kind of it's kind of that taboo thing. You know, do I or do I not? Do I ask or do I not? Um, and so it, it, it can be difficult. And um because like I said before, you almost feel like you're uh, a professional culture, at least in my experience, values productivity and achievement and, and almost individualism. Mm-hmm. Um, people, groups aren't as, as celebrated as much as individuals yeah. are a lot of times, um, which uh which makes it difficult to to ask for help in, in, in any specific situations. Um, so here's a couple. Um, I just had a couple situations of why you should ask for help. And then a couple of, of uh, situations of when you should just figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um and this is mostly in the, the professional realm that I ha- had been looking. So uh, first off is um, it's important to ask for – this is what this article I was reading was saying. So it says it's, it's important to ask for help at work so you don't end up overloaded, stretched thin, or burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get to the point – and I think this point, some people get there sooner than others, right? Some people are more resilient than others. Uh, but if you get to a point to where you're just so stretched thin and burnt out that it starts to affect every other area of your work product as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're working on a project and and you just can't figure it out, then it just sucks up all of your time when someone else might uh, know the answer. So I, I have an example for this one. I um, When I was in college, I... Uh, I majored in supply chain and I took this one class that was specifically around Excel and we had to build these databases within Excel uh, to solve certain problems. And this one database that I was building, we had to uh, implement macros, which are uh, kind of uh, programs that, that run by themselves within Excel uh, to do a certain task. And you have to program these macros kind of line by line. Well, 
I we had to program it to to go to a certain data set and pull a, a bunch of information and then bring it back. Well, there's a couple different ways to do it. And I really didn't know macros very well. This was in college. I was just learning. And so I did it the hard way. I wrote like hundreds of lines of code within this macro to like go and do the same exact um, step over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Instead until of using it like found a loop. <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Instead of found what I was looking for and then it would bring it back. Well, we get to the point to where we actually presented our databases in class and we had to show our code and everything else. Well, everyone else was showing their code, their macros that were like, you know, 10 lines long where they <laughs> created these loops and everything else. And I got up there and I was like, I spent hours writing this freaking macro, all these hundreds and hundreds of lines just over and over and over again when I could have just done, I was pulling my hair out, but I didn't want to ask for help because I didn't want to look dumb. Yeah. And the teacher was like, the teacher was like, well, I have office hours. Why didn't you come talk to me? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time, you know, yeah. but it was a learning experience. I figured it out and, and I figured out that there's an easier way to do it as well. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, when I did my master's, uh, I did my master's in data science for those who don't know. And it was extremely difficult. I mean, I, I mostly did Python, uh, some R coding, uh, some uh, statistical coding as well. But man, I, there was one semester where I was, first of all, I did, I did evening. I, I did uh, my master's program virtually uh, and it was kind of evening class. I was taking two classes a semester uh, and I was working 40 hours a week. And for this one semester, I was doing schoolwork 50 hours a week. Uh, I literally was coding all this stuff in Python. I had no experience with Python before this class. This is a graduate level class. And uh, my undergrad was in uh, econ financial economics. So I had no experience with Python at all. And he's like, okay, do this and this and this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I partnered with someone in, in my class. And we literally, I mean, there was times where I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. And she was like walking me through through I, it was a gal that I partnered with she was like okay they got to do this 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 this, and this we have to connect this here and this here and then I'd be like okay and then I'd work for like I'd like that was so valuable what she gave me so I'd work for like five hours to just get one snippet of code to pull this average this and do this and this and I'm like oh I got this piece of code and I'd give it and I'd say here I got a piece of our homework and then she's like okay and then she'd help me do other stuff and then we would kind of go back and forth and it was like if I hadn't had that collaboration uh I probably and like I said, I spent so much time on that. I spent 50 hours a week on that class uh, that there was literally, I couldn't have done anything else. Uh, and it was absolutely critical for my success to ask for help uh, in that situation. And I was trying to figure out all that. I was also trying to figure it out as much as I could, uh, but it was critical for me to ask for that help. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes too, there's time constraints, right? Kind of the second one on the list of why you should ask for help is, that ask, if asking for help helps to save time and prevent rework uh, on a significant level, I think that most work situations or managers would appreciate that, especially yeah. if you're up against a timeline. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a, I had a manager one time that 
the the level of uh, the quality of material I was putting out was quality material. And uh, when I would go get to do presentations and things like that, it was quality product. Um, but this manager always had, they always wanted to put their flair on what was going on. And, and, and they always wanted it. They always had something they wanted me to change and, and, and whatever. And so it, I almost got to a point to where it was like, why am I even going to choose X, Y, Z formatting? Or why am I even going to do this and this and this when you're just going to tell me that, oh, I want to see it this way and I want to see it that way, yeah. which really in the long run, you're presenting the, the, the data the exact same way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I almost got to a point to where either I felt like I was, I would just say, hey, how do you want me to, to present this? And it was almost like, tell me what to do, mm -hmm. which I did sometimes. And then it almost got to a point to where it's, I almost didn't, I asked for forgiveness rather than permission, where it's almost kind of like, Hey, I put this all together and I, you know, I, I sent it to the team and they're like, Oh, you already sent it. And I'm like, yeah, I already sent it. And <laughs> yeah. then they're like, Oh, I would say nine times out of 10, that manager would be like, Oh, okay. Uh, looked at it. It looks great. Good job. Yeah. You know? And so <laughs> it's just like, it's, it, it, I think a lot of it has to do with the a confidence level to a certain extent. Um, but uh, lastly, one thing I was, I was going to say, and I kind of run up against this sometimes too, is, is, uh, the success of the entire company does not sit on your shoulders <laughs> yeah. unless maybe it's a small company and <laughs> yeah. you're, you know, or you're the owner of the company, right? That intern at Goldman that sent out <laughs> all those things. Yeah. The company is not going to come crashing down or to a screeching halt because one person made an oopsie. Um, right. The lights are still going to turn on the next day and people, they're still going to make money. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of something to consider too, whenever you're up against, uh, something that, that, you know, in most cases, in, most in some cases. cases that they do though, uh, there was a, uh, just a funny anecdote. This has nothing to do, but with anything, but, Overstock.com, there was a time when they were, I think that they might still, they accepted Bitcoin uh, as uh, legal tender, they would, for payment for their stuff. And apparently there was someone who figured out that Bitcoin Cash, which is like, I think at the time it was like a third of what Bitcoin was, that you could also send Bitcoin Cash to that wallet as payment and it would accept it as if it was Bitcoin. So people were buying diamond rings and at all a, this kind of stuff. At a third of the cost. Yeah, at a third of the cost. And you know the company was so new, they didn't really know what they were doing. Uh, and they're like, oh, wait, this is Bitcoin Cash, not Bitcoin. Uh, we're getting absolutely hosed, robbed blind here. And uh, so they put it into that. But whoever the developer was doing that, uh, obviously. Somebody probably got fired. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there are some cases where your job is absolutely uh, uh, critical to get things right. But in some cases, in most cases, you're not going to topple the whole empire uh, with just a couple an error. Yeah. Or sometimes by making errors, you find new things or you find um, you find stuff that should be uncovered, you know, or you're really digging into stuff and you're like, hey, why is this the way that it is? And you're asking questions and like, oh, yeah, we didn't know that, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Well, the, the, the last thing that, that I had kind of in the professional realm was when to figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty quick, but the first one was, it, and it kind of goes with what you said at the beginning of, if, if you think you can do it, say you can and then figure it out, mm-hmm. right? And so the first one is, if you're capable, but a little afraid, go for it anyway. Yeah. Right? If you think you can do it, even if it kind of scares you, go for it. You figure it out. Yeah. Um, Next one is, uh, and that was if uh, you don't. Well, I was just saying, ahead. just one one tiny thing comment. If you're capable, I think that was that was the one lesson that I learned out of my master's program, is that I am capable of doing anything, even if I am afraid of it. I'm capable. So, tell yourself that, and yeah. you've got a master's degree, <laughs> or you've got the yeah. lessons that I've learned from my master's degree. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Um, you know, if, if you don't understand the project parameters, then maybe you should ask for help, right? Like you said, in a meeting, everyone is shaking their head. Yes, 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 yes. Whenever somebody's talking, then you get out of the meeting and the person's like, what did he say? So I have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, you know, another one is uh, if resources abound and you can teach yourself, go for it. So if you have some time to spend and if you have, if you're not up against a specific time crunch or deadline, um, then YouTube it, Google it, try to figure it out yourself. You know, yeah. I, I'm sure if I would have had a little bit more time and was pushed up against a deadline, that I would have eventually figured out the this that loop situation with the within the macros and could have saved myself some time. Yeah. Um, but I, I was rushed and I was panicking because it was due the next day. Um, another one is, uh, um, if only you can do it, go for it. And that one was a little bit, you know, there are some situations where, uh, you have kind of, I guess, wedged yourself into a situation or a job or position where you are completely necessary in the fact that you do something that would be very hard for someone else to take over, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe a good spot to be in because then you're completely not expendable. Yeah. Um, and, and so maybe that's a good time for you to, to, to go for it, you know, do things and try new things and, 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 and kind of get out of your comfort zone and push the envelope a little bit. Yeah, totally agree. I don't know what the opposite of expendable is. Unexpendable. What mean expendable? <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. I, I think that that's great advice. Yeah, excellent advice. Uh, so, so what about you? What What, what do you think? Um, what, when should you DIY or? So I have. I, I, I kind of. Uh, this is something that I think about a lot because I am incredibly busy. I've got a lot of stuff going on. With the podcast, with uh, jujitsu, with just the kids, the family, uh, other hobbies that I want to do, uh, having fun, and all the housework that w- that needs to go on. You know, maintaining the cars, maintaining the lawn, keeping the house. You know, uh, so I have kind of thought about this a lot, and I- I've kind of put some of my thoughts to paper here on some of the things that I consider when thinking, should I do this myself or should I hire this out? Uh, and here are some different considerations. The first is time. 
I consider what is the time to complete this task? What is the time to learn this task? Uh, what is it the time to acquire the tools and materials that I need for this task? And then what is the possible time that I will spend maintenancing these tools? Uh, that is something that you need to consider. One time I changed the, I had to change some kind of uh, transmission valve or something on my, in my van. And I was like, uh, you know, uh, I could do this. This isn't too hard. And it took me what I thought was going to take, you know, two hours or, or an hour based off of the videos, YouTube videos. It ended up taking me four hours. And part of that is because of the next one, which is tools. Do you have the right tools? Uh, and do you have the right setting to do that? Uh, for example, I had tr- like borrowed some like steel, like for that transat transmission uh, fluid. I had I took the transmission like pan off the bottom of my van and I didn't have... I, I tried to like put it up on these um, little ramps, but like when I tried to do it, I was trying to do it in my garage and they kept like falling apart. They kept scooting because they were metal. So I was like, dude, just, I was like, screw that. I'm just going to do it under the car here. So I did it under the car and like I couldn't even turn my shoulder sideways so to get both my hands. So I was laying on my back doing one handed stuff. That's probably what took me so long. So I didn't have the right setting to even put a screwdriver in there and just and just do it because uh, I was tweaking sideways and trying to get my shoulders in there trying to get both hands uh, it was awful um, the next thing to consider is the opportunity cost is this the best use of your time how much and the ultimate question here is how much do you value your time do I value my time you know if I spend I think it was like you know 300 bucks to have someone change the transmission fluid uh, and add in these little caps, is that worth it uh, for me to be able to spend time on a date with my wife or to go spend time with the kids, uh, then spend four hours, you know, dinkering with the transmission with like half six inches worth of space <laughs> underneath the car. Um, the last one is <clears throat> with opportunity costs is what is the cost to have it fixed? Uh, what is the cost to have it fixed uh, broken down into hours for your time? So maybe look at time and then say, okay, now what it would this, if I, is this going to take me five hours and someone else is going to charge me this much? Like this is, you know, how much am I saving here? What am I, what am I giving away for my time here? The now, the, the other one is a skill set. And this is the last one. Do you have, do you know how to use the tools that you have? Do you have access to experts who can answer those questions that you have? And I think one of the most important things here is if you mess up, how costly would the repair or fallout be from that mistake? If I am have no idea what I'm doing changing brakes on a car and I put the brakes pads on the wrong way, don't put in the bolt back in, uh, what the fallout for that could be costly. Uh, and, or if like one thing I saw, I was talking about homeowners, 
Uh, it said homeowners should avoid DIY jobs that, if performed incorrectly, could have truly disastrous results, like a plumbing leak inside a wall that causes water damage or poor electric work that repeatedly blows circuits or causes a fire. So if you're not comfortable doing those things, uh, the fallout could be your whole house burns down. Uh, and it would be very costly to repair because you're going to have to tear out all the drywall. You know, if you wire a whole house incorrectly, I mean, you're screwed. You, you, know, you, you got you to tear out everything uh, to do that again. So some things it's worth it to uh, to hire out. Another things with skill set to consider with is it, are you going to take pride in fixing it yourself? <clears throat> if you don't care either way, like I don't really... Like to mow my lawn, I don't really, I mean, I, I like that my lawn looks nice, but I'm not like, oh, I'm so proud that I can mow the lawn. No, I can pay someone to mow the lawn. Now, getting someone to come regularly who's reliable to mow my lawn is a different story. Uh, is it something that you enjoy? If it is, uh, then you continue to get it yourself. Recently, I usually put on a podcast. Uh, I'll listen to some stuff just when I mow the lawn. When it's not blazing hot outside the middle of the summer, uh, it's not too bad. Uh, is it something you can teach your child or mentee to help them build the skill set so that they can do it for you later? And if it is, maybe it's worth doing it. So, uh, you know, I think that having your kids learn how to change a tire uh, or mow the lawn or do these different things, uh, it's an opportunity for them to earn maybe a little bit of money, uh, opportunity for them to obviously learn skills, which is probably the most important. But uh, my kids are like, oh, dad, I want to I want money to buy Pokemon cards or whatever. And I'm, they're like, how can I earn money? And I'm like trying to rack my brain thinking about what they can do. Uh, but, you know, teaching them those things and spending the time, uh, that's another reason to do it yourself. So that, that's kind of all the things I think. That's a list of things, all the things I think through when I ever think, should I do it myself or should I pay someone to do it? So I like that. Yeah, I like I like that kind of step through approach of. Is it is it worth the time, the investment? Do I have what I need? Is it going to cost more for me to get what I need to do it? Uh, I, I I like that approach. Um, personally, I, I I guess at home I I went in a in a separate direction as well. Um, that was more about uh, mental health, a little bit of of when to ask for help mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, men and women are just kind of different creatures and it's, that's good. Um, you know, it's supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be different creatures, right? I would say men uh, for the majority of times and majority situations were task oriented most of the time. And if there's a problem, then we, we think through a solution and how we will fix that solution. Um, and so I think a lot of times uh, men can be seen as uh, weak if they ask for help. Um, if they are in a situation where um, they need help mentally, if you're feeling severe anxiety or depression or, um, you know, maybe thoughts of suicide or um, just uh, thoughts of, of not being enough or, or whatever it might be. Um, first off, it's okay to ask for help, right? And secondly, 
that help doesn't always need to come in the form of, of uh, counseling or going to see a therapist, right? If that's correct or if that's needed for you in your situation, then, then great. I think a lot of times, too, asking for help can be educating yourself. It can be, um, you know, communicating with your spouse and saying, I need a little bit of time uh, from the, the, you know, from, from three to six on Saturday. I need a little bit of personal time just to go out and, and do some blacksmithing or, you know, go shoot something at the range or whatever else, right? That just had that me time. Um, you know, you might have, you might have, if you're feeling sluggish or slow or, or, or tired all the time, maybe you have low testosterone. Maybe you need to go, you know, get things checked out, right? That's not something that you can specifically help. Yeah. Um, or, you know, it's not something you specifically did. Maybe it's hereditary or whatever else. So, you know, there are situations that, yeah, you know, don't be ashamed to 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 try to live the best life that you can. Um, you know, like I had mentioned before, everyone has different thresholds. You know, some people you'll get a, a little bit of resistance and they'll just throw their hands up and say, I need help. I need help. You know, solve the problem for me. But then there's some people that are so hard headed that they'll get, you know, 10 miles down the wrong road before they'll ask for directions. Yeah. Um, and so it is a fine line that we all need to kind of dance. And I think that uh, with our own personal creeds, we can kind of um, develop this this dance of when we are okay with putting in the effort. And, and, and uh, I think you should always put in the effort, but when it's okay to say, I need a little help with this situation or to just pound through and continue to, to figure it out on your own. Well, I think that sometimes nobody's figuring, I mean, a lot of us guys are figuring out guys and gals. We're all figuring out life together. Uh, And, you know, we're, we're going down this path and if you're alone, then that probably means you don't have a community of men around you that you can reach out to when times are getting tough or when things are, are struggling. So if I would say that if you're feeling like, oh, I can't reach out because then I, I, I can go it alone. Like if you're a lone wolf, it's just not going to, you're not going to be as uh, fruitful. What does it say? Uh, one person can go fast, but with many, you'll go far. Uh, and so you're in the long haul and you're trying to uh, get through this life and you've got to have some type of mentor or friend that you can go to and say, hey man, I'm struggling with this or that or I need a break or you know what have you because I think a lot of guys don't have that or they think that by going it alone, they're, they're being strong or they're being resilient. Where in the end, they should have been going shoulder to shoulder, not necessarily like mentee to mentor, it doesn't have to be that type of relationship. It can just be shoulder to shoulder. Like we are in this together. Cause I guarantee you, if you go up to some guy and say, Hey man, I'm really struggling with just, you know, my kids half the time. I feel like I am just so 
overly kitted that I just I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just need some time to myself and I just want the kids to just go to bed and just go away. But then the other half of the time, I feel like a terrible dad. Uh, and I feel like I immediately, I want to go up and just wake him up and give him hugs and, and love on him, you know? And that's, I think like almost any good dad kind of feels that way. And I, I that doesn't mean like, oh, well, what do you, you know, it's like, well, what do you think about that? How do you deal with that feeling? Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think I'm a good dad? Do you think I should be doing more? And like, I don't know. That's just one example that I think a lot of uh, folks deal with that we're all sh- we're shoulder to shoulder here. Uh, not necessarily like, can I have some more like Oliver Twist or, you know, or something like, you know, you're just yeah begging for, for scraps when it's like, oh, you're not alone, man. We're, we're all in the same pack. Yeah. Lastly, for me, I was, as I was researching all this kind of stuff, it came to me, okay, well, what is the best way to ask for help? If I get to that point, if I get to the point to where I'm like, okay, I, for example, right, we had um, lightning strike around our house somewhere. I don't know what happened, but the like all of the outlets that the, on our upstairs in our loft and like half the bedrooms, none of the outlets worked. And we're just like, what the heck? And the light in the, the hallway bathroom didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, geez, all right, well, I'll figure this out. Right. And I, I did a bunch of research and try to figure it out and chase it down or whatever else. And I, I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to, you know, hire an electrician to come out. Well, I found out that my neighbor that lived two doors down actually used to be an electrician. And so I was just, you know, Hey, can you just, I had a couple questions. Yeah. I wonder if you could just come and maybe troubleshoot with me. Just, we could just talk. And he ended up, he was like, oh yeah, I can help you. And he brought over a couple tools and we tested a couple outlets along the, the, the circuit and then ended up finding uh, that one of the outlets in the bathroom had cracked in half mm-hmm. and it was short circuiting the whole rest, everything that was tied to it. Oh. And so you know, for me, it's like, how do I ask for help? And there was kind of six steps to asking for help that, that, that uh, I ran up against. And one was number one was clearly define the problem. And so I didn't just, and I'm going to use that electrician example to, to, to go into it. So I didn't just say, Hey, uh, the plugs in my house aren't working to the, to, to my buddy. I said to my neighbor, I said, Hey, I've got, um, this and this, you know, four outlets and a light switch upstairs that aren't working and it keeps flipping the circuit breaker at this point and this time. So I had it all defined out. You know, the second one was develop possible solutions. You know, I said, I think it could maybe be X, Y, Z. I've done research. I have taken them, you know, this and this and that apart. And it's not that I was able to, to, eliminate some of the potential issues that it could have been. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I defined the problem clearly. I developed possible solutions. Um, and then the third one is avoid the, the blame game. So don't say, well, I can't figure it out because of, you know, so-and-so on the team didn't do their job or, or I couldn't figure it out because I was too tired or because my dog at my homework or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take responsibility. Another one is uh, be professional, kind of in the workspace, obviously. 
Another one I liked was be polite. Uh, take emotion out of a request. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can get very frustrated. We can get angry or tired and, and you know, we don't want to have a conversation about a certain topic, but we need to. So take the emotion out of it. Maybe take a break, give it a couple hours, or maybe come back to it tomorrow and then ask for help. Yeah. Um, and people like, like one of the things you said is that people like helping people who want to help themselves. Yeah. They like teaching that people like teaching people. They don't like doing stuff for you because the next time you're here to come back and ask them again, especially in like a professional setting. But I mean, but obviously there's charitable things that people are like, yeah, I'll help you. But people like to teach and they like to uh, help people who are trying to help themselves, putting a good faith Definitely. effort in. You know, if you're just like, oh, I have all these plugs in my house. I have no idea. You're an electrician. Can you come over and help me for free? You know, it's just like, oh, well, you know. It's a little bit different than you actually yeah. tried to do yourself. Yeah. Well, and I even offered him to help, you know, offered him services to help him with, with something else. Um, and ended up, was able to, you know, pay it forward whenever they moved, was able to help him, you know, load a bunch of stuff up into their trailer and everything else. And so, um, you know, I, I think it is a skill, a very, a very powerful skill to identify when you need help and when it's going to be most beneficial for you to either do it yourself, like Jared, you talked about, or ask somebody to help you do it. Um, you know, what's the, the return on investment or the opportunity cost you could say for figuring it out yourself versus finding somebody that maybe has a little bit more experience and in, in, in helping you through the process. So uh, it's a skill that I'm still trying to develop. Um, sometimes at work, I just don't ask for help because I'm stubborn. I don't want people to think I don't know what I'm doing, which, you know what, to be completely honest, sometimes I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can't figure it out. Um, you know, you can't know everything and you don't know what you don't know, but you, you, you know, we, we, there's... There's so many. There's so much much resources out there for us to figure things out nowadays. That there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. I I think resourcefulness is is very powerful, and people. It's a skill that uh, people should definitely have. But I I think that as I get older, I think that asking for help earlier uh, is can sometimes mean the difference. Uh, mean all make all the difference, and sometimes asking for help simply because you want to involve someone uh, is okay too. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, ask for help. Sometimes it's not about getting things done efficiently; it's about helping or letting someone else help you so that they can learn too, or so that they can feel involved. You know, if your neighbor is a recluse and he's just doesn't have any friends, or you feel like, hey, this guy, I need to reach out to this guy. But if I reach out to him and ask him, if I ask him if I can go do something for him, he's going to say no. But if I say, hey, man, I need your help. Can you come over and help me with this, something in my house? Lots of people are willing to help and serve. And so, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a different bent. But there's other reasons that go into maybe asking for help. And I feel like as I get older, I'm more likely to ask for help than possibly I used to be. Uh, just yeah. trying to forge this world on my own as a lone wolf in the woods, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And the older I get, I, I, I figure I, I hate wasting time. Uh, yeah. Um, 
and so it's like yeah I, I agree with what you said it's just like if i could i don't know if i get like the ask for directions uh example if i could ask for directions and save myself an hour of aimlessly driving around i would do it in a heartbeat yeah so yeah all right well everybody thanks for listening to this episode hopefully you gained something from it i know it uh like jared said it's a very there's a wide, lot of different yeah. topics yeah it's a wide uh, variety of things that can go into uh to this topic but uh hope that it's, it's it's helped you out to uh add something to your own personal creed how to become more independent but also dependent at the same time um and so let's uh continue to build that creed together let's do it <laughs> <laughs>